Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Midlife CEO. It is an absolute pleasure to have Kristen Westcott today with me as my guest. We're talking sales and we're going to be talking copywriting and sales. And there's a lot to this conversation, which I can't wait to dive into, but I'm going to tell you a little bit about Kristen first. She is a business growth strategist and sales page copywriter for online entrepreneurs. She supports women who are launching a course, group program, mastermind, and so forth, and need their sales page turned around fast. Chris specializes in writing conscious conversion copy that doesn't trigger or shame clients into working with you, but rather helps them to see what's possible if they do the work inside your program. And Kristen is at kristenwestcott.com. Kristen, it's awesome to have you here today. Hey, Jeannie. I'm so excited to be having this conversation with you today. I'm thrilled. Uh, I think the very first time we met was at a copywriting event in Canada, which is it, where you're from, right? It was. Yeah. We were in Niagara Falls and uh, we, yeah, that's where I first met you. I attended our little breakout session where you were leading a conversation around selling from the stage. And I think that's where we first connected. I was, I was, that's right. And I have to tell you what was interesting for me was it was a room full of copywriters. I'd never been with that many people who knew so much about copy. I was always with a lot of coaches who knew a lot about coaching, but never copywriting. So to me, it was like, this is so cool. <laughs> so uh, what, what brought you to that event too? Because now I know you, you're writing copy. So what was exciting for you to go and be with that many people too? For me, actually, it was, first of all, it was a local event. So I was like, how can I not attend a local event? Something I don't have to travel and book flights and hotels for. Um, so that was kind of a big thing. But the second part was, I think we, it was a mutual friend of ours where we mm -hmm. um, had both followed Sage Polaris mm -hmm. online and she was co-hosting the event. And so, you know, I was like, okay, one of my mentors is holding an event in my city. Like it was just a no brainer for me. It was so great. And Sage actually did a podcast interview, which is one of the other, uh, it's related to copy and it's launch, launch strategy. So we'll link it, this to the bottom of this, of the show notes here. So everyone can go back and listen to Sage uh, because this does tie these two conversations. Uh, one I had with Sage and the one we're going to have today, they tie together because when we're in the online space and we're writing copy and we're selling our programs, we have to either get good at copy or someone has to be good at copy. So I'm, I'm, I could go on and on about my copy skills or how I've gone all over the place with this, but you, you, I'm going to dial into this because I think this is really important. Conscious copy. What do you mean by conscious copy when you say that? Another, I guess another way to say it would be ethical copy. Mm -hmm. However, I try and avoid the term ethical because everybody's ethics are a little bit different. <laughs> and so <laughs> I try and kind of maybe focus on more of like a, being conscious. Um, mm -hmm. And what that means is being conscious of your audience and not in terms of, you know, 
like we might think in terms of where they're at in the customer journey. Are they ready to buy my program kind of conscious, but conscious in terms of who are your people at, at their very core? And what are some of the things that they may have experienced in, in their past that might be affecting the way that they're reading the things that you're putting out there or the way that they're interpreting the messages that, you know, you're putting out there, whether that is through lives or your social media content or your, your sales copy in particular, um, because there's a lot of frameworks that we use in, in, on, in the online space for copywriting, for promoting our, our materials that actually have some background where they might be a little triggering for some of the people that are reading them. I, I think that's the same, no matter what form of selling that we all have sort of been triggered at some point or another in how we've been sold to. And I, and I think that it doesn't matter what medium, if it's speaking or, or writing, or, you know, in conversation or written, it, some of the words can trigger. And also it can be to someone who m- I'm just going to say, we don't want to feel manipulated, right? We we want to buy something, but we don't want to be manipulated into buying something. And it felt like we've been tricked, which I think is really one of the things that I know I felt at different times. I don't enjoy, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's nothing fun about being tricked. So can you ask, or can you tell me a little bit more about what you were observing when you started pivoting into this work and realizing that you wanted to specialize in this particular area, what were you observing? Yeah. So as Jeannie, as you know, I have a background in operations. And so I worked on the back end of a lot of different launches with clients. And so one of the things I would do is, you know, I would help them set up their launch plan and help them figure out all of the things that they were planning to do. Um, There's and for your listeners, there are many different ways to launch. You know, there's not just one way that you have to kind of go about and do these certain emails and these certain live videos and that kind of stuff. There's many different options. But I would circle back with them a few weeks down the road and try and figure out, you know, how are things going? And do we need to tweak anything? Is there anything that, we, you know, is kind of feeling off for you? And a lot of times they hadn't, you know, initiated or followed through on the plan. And the copy was a big part of that bottleneck. And so whenever I would have these conversations with them, I would say, you know, okay, what is it about the copy that you're finding really challenging? And for some people they'd say, I'm just having trouble translating what's in my head onto the page. And that's, you know, a legit concern, Mm -hmm. a legit factor. You know, sometimes we just do struggle with the written form. But for a lot of other people, they were saying to me, it just, it doesn't feel right. I have this sales page template. I have this thing and it's just, it doesn't feel right to me. I don't want to market my services this way. It feels too salesy, feels too sleazy, feels too, dare I say, like bro markety. And I just, it's not me. It's not my brand. And I'm really struggling with writing the copy when this is the only model that I have. And so that's when I really started to think like, there is an alternative model. There are ways that we can get the messaging out there that you can attract the people that you want to work with without feeling like you have to kind of follow just this, this one particular way of writing copy. I love that we're having this conversation because a lot of us, uh, well, a lot of the listeners that I have here are, we haven't been, we're not, we haven't just landed in our business online for the most part. We've been in business for a while and we're, we're observing copy. We're seeing other 
funnels and copy. We see the ads and all that sort of thing. And sometimes we have this cringe to us like, oh no, I don't, not another one of that. I don't want to be participating in that. I don't want to do it that way, but what is the alternative? And so what we're really talking about is there is an alternative and and there's one level to it, which is being conscious that you don't want to do that. But then how do you start to bring more of that into your writing or your more of your copywriting if you're choosing to write it yourself? So is there something you could tell us that might be helpful, especially for those that are still doing a lot of their own copywriting, to think about how they can be a little bit more conscious in how they're writing? I mean, absolutely. There's there's so many different things that you can do, but one of the things I think is one of the easier shifts to make if you're if you're still DIYing your copy is to, you know, when you one of the copy frameworks is to agitate the pain point, right? To find out the pain point, to agitate the pain point, and then to offer them the solution. And it's often when we're agitating that pain point that we're triggering whether it's past trauma, you know, generational trauma, even. Um, you know, in the people that we're trying to serve. And one of the ways that we can kind of get away from that is just by shifting the language that we're using to make sure that when we're talking about something negative, something that pain point that we're trying to agitate is to make that the like a third person, right? Change the language to third person so that they understand that it's not them. We're not using you when we're talking in the negative, because that makes it very personalized, which I know is the copywriting framework because you want them to feel it personalized so that they take the action, but you're actually doing more damage than you are good. Let them know that they aren't the only one experiencing that particular issue. It's not them, they are not broken. It is not something fundamentally flawed about them. It is a, a system or a culture that they are living in and the culture is flawed or the system is flawed. And that's why they're experiencing that pain. So you make it kind of like a third person kind of thing. And then you offer the alternative of saying, yes, we're living in this particular system of oppression. Yes, we are living in this particular dynamic. And there is support. There is a way for us to navigate this in a way that will help you X, Y, Z, whatever the outcome is that they're looking for. And when we're talking in the positive, that's where you can use a second person of you and your and what's possible for them and make it more personalized when we're focusing on the positive outcomes versus the negative. So I think that's one easy shift that we can all make is when we're focusing on the negative to distance that a little bit, make it a third third person claim. And then when we're focusing on the positive, then we can use those you statements that we're, you know, so well known for in the copywriting space. Brilliant. I love this so much because I think that that there's a lot of us. In fact, I've had this happen many, many times, especially in speaking. And even at my events, people would say, I don't want to market to the pain. It doesn't feel good because I am this type of business owner. I'm a, I'm a healer or I'm in um, I'm, I, I'm a heart-centered business owner. And it doesn't feel good to sell my service that is solving a problem and do it from a pain point. And what you're just saying is so helpful for someone who is thinking, I, yes, I do solve this but I don't want to trigger it. And this is such a nice solution to the, to, uh, to how to do it. Okay. So I want to dive into another area. Uh, there are a lot of us who are extremely busy. We're very, very talented in what we do. We serve a lot of clients. We're running pretty successful businesses. 
And there comes a point in our business where we have to make a decision. Do we keep writing the copy ourselves and do all the things ourselves, which, you know, I have a whole other thought around that, or do we outsource? And when is it smart to, to, when is it a good time to start making that decision to outsource your copywriting as you're growing your business? I love this conversation because there's no one right answer for everybody and everybody's business is going to be a little bit different, but there are a couple of components to this conversation. The first part is, is that the bottleneck of what's keeping you from getting your offer out there that is going to generate revenue, that is going to have an impact on your audience? And if the only thing in the way is the copy and you know that as soon as you get that out of the way, your team can then run with it and you can build the page and the rest of the pieces and you have somebody else hook up all of the backend tech for you. Mm-hmm. And, and the only thing stopping that is the fact that you haven't written the copy. Then I would say that's a pretty good indicator to go ahead, get somebody to support you with that because then you're gonna be able to have that impact that you're wanting to have on your audience, on your community, whatever, and then generate the revenue, you know, so on and so forth because One of the things that we know about copy is the investment that you make in writing that initial piece of copy when you you outsource it to somebody is your your return on that investment is tenfold or more down the road because you get to reuse that piece of copy over and over again, whether you're launching or whether you're a service provider who is just continuously having people land on that page before they make the decision to book with you, that copy is going to speak to them and generate you revenue and help you make the impact you want to make for months to come down the road. So if that's the only thing that's keeping you from outsourcing it, then I would, you know, consider reframing that in your mind. Well, and I love that you're saying that because we, especially who are busy, we're running larger businesses or we're running multiple programs and we have a lot of clients or programs that we're serving clients and we're running the business at the same time. There's a lot that goes into a new launch or a, another program. And if you're the bottleneck, you're never going to get it done, right? Like you're never going to get that done. And yet the thing that is going to be so helpful is to have one person take it off your plate. I get an objection all the time, like, oh, I don't want to spend the money for that right now. I can write it myself. And I always think just like what you said, you can get so like the return is great. And it's really pretty quick. It's not like you're going to invest in it now and you're not going to see it for a long time. As soon as you launch it, it's it's there. But there's two things that you work on. One is the sales page copy and the other is the emails as well. And I know that you do so much more than that as well, but I want to dial in this uh, as well. The email copy, a lot of people think the sales page has to do all of the work. And if the sales page doesn't do the selling or the masterclass or workshop or whatever didn't do the selling, and then the sales page doesn't do all the selling, then the opportunity is over. I don't believe in that. Why do you, why, why, why do you probably agree with that statement that that's not necessarily the case? It's, it's not. And I mean, we've heard the statistic changes every time I hear it, but you know, you, it, you have seven interactions with somebody before they buy and then it's 13 interactions with somebody before that whatever it is whatever that number is they need multiple touch points with you before they're going to make that decision the sales page is one touch point it's often the final touch point before they make the decision to buy and i you know i will say that it does you know serve a very important purpose there and it's not 
the only place that they can go to find out that information. A lot of people need to know a little bit more about you. They need to know a little bit more about your journey, about how you've worked with people. They need to be nurtured a little bit more before they make the decision, especially depending on the price of what you know what it is on the sales page. If it's a $27 product versus a couple thousand dollar product, your emails are gonna do something different, right? It's going to either you know, help them see how multiple different people, maybe from different backgrounds have achieved these outcomes. It's gonna help them be able to see themselves and the work that is possible for them in the program. But it also serves for them to be able to see who it is they're gonna be working with, mm-hmm. right? You get to kind of share a little bit more about yourself in email that you don't necessarily get to put on a sales page, right? It's even if we get rid of all of the sales page formulas and templates, Really, the goal of your sales page is very specific. You have one goal. You're helping them make a decision about whether or not that program or that offer is right for them or not. That is the goal for them to make that decision. But in your emails, you can have different goals. You'll have a goal for each email. And one of the goals might be for them to get to know you a little bit better. Another goal might be to help them understand a little bit more about the program. Another goal might be for them to identify or see themselves in somebody else who's gone through the process. And so you have multiple ways that you can then show them what they they might be able to experience in taking that next step. Yeah, it's so true. And I love that I love that you bring it into this, it's it's really like this whole package, right? It's not just one thing is going to do all the work. They're all together, they're combined. And I also really like that you're able to tell a story in your emails. I think that's really, really helpful. And choosing the stories uh, consciously, which ones uh, are are going to help someone see themselves in that opportunity as well. There's many formulas on, I know. Uh, I'd love for you to just talk a little bit though about our inboxes are overwhelmed, right? And so we are trying to kind of carve out space as a business owner, whoever it's the copywriter who might be writing, maybe it's you or it's them, they're DIYing it. They're taking up some space. They're trying to get someone to open up their emails. And there's all of this out there where people will say, well, I don't want to clutter their inbox with these lengthy emails or these lengthy sales pages that they have to read. But there's really a rhyme and reason to the length. Would you talk a little bit about that? Because I know we're trying to like get people to skim and review, but what is the what is the reasoning behind why we need to actually give a little bit more depth in both the sales pages and the the emails? I mean, there's there's many different reasons, but I'll just start with one of them is that some of your people need that they need the time to process. They're not really quick decision makers. They need to be able to read through and digest and and really hear all of those things that you have to say. Some people are very detail oriented. Um, you know, they're not the the first person to like click to buy the first buy button that they see. They really want to understand the process. They want to understand the framework, and they want to make sure that they're making a conscious decision about who it is that they're working with. Mm-hmm. Um, many of us, especially since you know, 2020, when we had a variety of social movements hit, are being very conscious about who we're choosing to work with going forward about their values and their ideals. And so now we're reading copy more in depth to start understanding the underlying message behind the person that we are learning from. And to do that, we need to have those more in-depth conversations in our emails as well. 
Um, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Jean. No, no, that's great. I mean, we really need the depth because we need to know who these individuals are that we possibly are buying from. Yeah. Yeah. The second part of that is there has been a tendency in the online space for us to kind of gloss over a lot of our own stories. And, you know, you see on people's about pages or the about sections of their sales pages, like this rags to riches kind of model of I was here and now I'm here and you can do it too kind of thing. And there's so much more to that story. There is, there's so many other challenges that were faced. There's so many other parts of who we were that went into that. There's so much learning that we had to take. There's maybe trauma that we had to process. And our tendency is to gloss over that. And it's actually harmful to ourselves and to our audience to do that because A, we're making them a promise and glossing over all the work that they're gonna have to do to get there. We're not saying the transformation is not possible, but you are gonna have to do the work. But B, it really undermines the work that we've done. It really undermines the value that we bring to being able to support them because we've had those challenges that we've overcome, that we've worked through that trauma, or we've come from a different particular perspective. Or maybe many of us have actual qualifications and credentials that we're glossing over because we've been told that the rags to riches story is what sells rather than showing people the work that we've put into the craft that we're honing to be able to support them in a variety of different ways. And so that I think is also why you need to have those in-depth emails for people to be able to see and understand those challenges that you faced along the way too. Yes, and, and some of the people that you've worked with, uh, how you've been able to help them overcome. It's so helpful. Kristen, there's a couple of things I want to say with this is um, one, I had this, um, well, I, this was a few days ago. I had this, it's done in imagery all the time. I was, I saw somebody who was showing up a certain way and they showed only how wonderful their week was. And it was again, you know, like this Instagram, beautiful photo of, you know, you can have this life too. And Yet what's behind the scenes probably was that, you know, many things happened behind the scenes in their business that week in order for them to get to that place. And what I've had a hard time with with copy for a long time is copy and images. It's it only shows that one side. And I am leaning more into we are multidimensional, uh, show all of it, talk about all of it. And this goes back to copy all the way around in, in who we are. I don't think that I'm just going to sh show up in this beautiful glam photo and talk about this amazing story and what I've overcome. I do want to show all sides of me, but it's very hard to do that in a sales page. It's very hard to do that in a couple of emails. And this bleeds into other areas of like email marketing and and social media marketing. I'm just curious, what have you observed over the last few years? It, I think people are trying to break away from that in their copy. What are you observing in how people are making, becoming even a little bit more vulnerable and showing more sides of them? Yeah, I haven't quite seen a lot of it in the sales pages yet per se, but definitely in social media, we're starting to see filter-free images of people we're starting to see a little bit more of the the behind the scenes of what's going on and i don't want to use the word authenticity because that's become another buzzword in the online space mm -hmm. but we're really starting to see 
what's going on behind the brand, not necessarily these, you know, beautifully crafted, you know, curated photos of them, but we're actually starting to see them, you know, what happens when they wake up in the morning and they're not feeling it. And they're really starting to try and let their audience know who they are behind the scenes. And I think this is, this is a great trend because one of the other things on Jeannie, I'm sure you hear this from your clients all the time is people are afraid to craft copy. They're afraid to do things because they feel it has to be perfect. And if it's not perfect, then they don't want to do it. So for example, I was an operations person and I never wanted to show people like behind the scenes of certain things because sometimes my desktop icons got messy. I didn't have everything put into perfect folders and everything else. And, you know, I did that once a month, but in between it could get a little bit of a disaster. I'm like, well, how on earth am I supposed to market myself as this organized ops person when my business is looking like this? And when I started to show people like, yep, this is sometimes what it looks like, but that's why I carve out a morning once a month to go through and, and fix this up. Because even though I'm as organized as I am, my desktop still looks like this too. Um, and I think it really connects with people because they're like, okay, maybe I can actually do this because there's no way I'd be able to keep you know that perfectly organized all the time. It's just not in my nature. But when we show them that we're not perfect either, same thing now that I write copy, Sometimes my copy on my social media isn't perfect either. It doesn't always have the best call to action or the best hook to engage people, but I'm putting it out there because if I waited until I got every piece of copy perfect as a copywriter, you'd never see me post oh. online. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> no, never would. I, lo I love this. The whole conversation is so good. Um, I, I would love to know... Um, what is one thing that we can start doing that's a little bit bolder in writing our own copy is from your perspective? So what can we do as business owners who choose to DIY? What can we do that's a little bit more bold than what other people might be doing? I'd say claim your values. Um, many of us have, have really good values or really good in-depth reasons why we're doing what we're doing, right? We're all very familiar with Simon Sinek's, you know, video, mm -hmm. why? And we've, we've, you know, if you've worked with any business coach, they've had you watch it, they've had you go through and you've done the exercise and you've, you've dropped it. You've just kind of have it in the background. But I think when you really kind of go back and you revisit that why or your mission, wh whatever way you want to frame it and your values, I think if you want to be bold in the online space, really sticking to those values, really speaking out and talking about why those values are important, how they underlie all these different aspects of your business and what you're doing and how you interact with people, that will really help you stand out in the online space. You're not talking about everything that has to be perfect and you're not you know, using all of these filters. You're really telling people, this is how I do this in my business. This is why I do it this way. And this is why it's so important to me. And I'm sorry if you're not on that train, but this is where I'm going and this is who I want to work with and why. Great. Love it. Uh, okay. So I want to talk about scaling because uh, a lot of individuals are scaling their business and there's a couple questions within this, but you have designed your business a certain way so you can serve more people. And I want you to talk about your services and how you're working, but your business is set up so that you can scale it and in your offers now. So there's a why behind it. I know you have a family and a way that you want to work, but talk about how you've designed 
your copy business and how it's now set up to work with more people. Would you mind going into that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So I've set my business up in a either VIP day or VIP week model. Mm -hmm. So there's only so much I can get done in a day. I can do a sales page in a day, but I cannot write all of those emails in a sales page in a day. They would not be very good. And so I'm just not going to do it. Um, and so I've set that up that way for a couple of reasons. One, because I know I was in operations for a while. I know people do not contact their copywriters far enough in advance to write the copy to be done in time for the dates that they want to launch. In a, in a perfect world, that would happen, but in reality, it, it does not. Um, and so often what you end up doing is you end up rushing the job or you get a copywriter who's take, taken on too much work and things, you know, deadlines get missed and, and what have you. And so I've set mine up in a way that will, where I'm only working on one project at a time. And so my entire focus, all of my creative energy is going into that one project. And so it serves that person so much better because my creative energy isn't split and fragmented between multiple different projects on the go. But the second thing is then they can get that copy turned around fast. Um, and we know that that's a, a really important thing. So whether you're a service provider and you just want to get that offer out there faster, so you don't have to wait six or eight weeks before you can start making money on it, or whether you're somebody who is planning a launch, but didn't quite, you know, plan enough time to write that copy or whatever. And now you're kind of feeling the crunch you can get it turned around quickly for you. Um, so that allows me to really be able to serve more people rather than having a dozen ongoing projects that are kind of filtering in and we're doing a little bit on them each week and they've got to wait all of that time. Now I can really kind of hone in and focus and be like, okay, I'm either doing a VIP, couple VIP days this week or I have a VIP week blocked off for somebody. Um, and we can really kind of get that in the books, get it planned and really kind of serve their business well. It's brilliant. And it's such a good way of being able to take your creative energy and, as you said, dial it in. And and it's not that you're splitting your focus, which is so good. I love this so much. Uh, for everyone who's listening and you're looking to have a copywriter support you, especially around launches and sales pages and your sales copy, going to need to contact Kristen because I think what she's doing is so great, especially if you're one of the later ones who's like, oh, I need to get this done quickly. <laughs> she has designed her business to support you, especially if that's you. But uh, I think that overall, there's a lot of the clients that I work with that are still DIYing and want to move away from that to free up their time and space so that they can focus on maybe their masterclass or or, or or setting up the behind the scenes to welcome the individuals into the program because they need to work with their team on that. But this piece is so important and, and can make a big difference in the bottom line. And it doesn't have to be done by us as the business owners. So it's great they can partner with you. Uh, okay, I would love to just wrap us up by telling everyone about you have a free gift and it's called my sales page sanity saver. Can you talk about what that is? <laughs> uh, absolutely. So I love alliteration. So there's my sales page sanity saver. It can be a bit of a mouthful. Um, but when I was talking to people who do DIY their copy, I was saying to them, what is, what is the biggest bottleneck? What is the thing that you're kind of struggling with most? And they say they sit down and they, they have this blank page and they just don't know what, what to write. And so what I did was I put together this guide of all of the things you need to get really clear on before 
you sit down to write that copy. So this guide goes through and literally it takes us the work from my pre-work questionnaire. So when I ask some, you know, when somebody wants to write copy with me, these are all the questions I ask them. And so you get to go through and you get to think through and answer all of these questions in this guide. And when you're done, you have everything you need now that when you sit down to write your sales page, you can just start to write and get in the flow. And then you've got those answers that you can kind of pull in, especially if you're working from a template or a formula, you'll be able to know exactly where to put all that information in there. So it's pulled together for you. You can sit down with your cup of coffee or wine or whatever it is you like to drink um, and just kind of go through that guide as you're thinking about the offer and really helps you kind of solidify in your mind before you start writing, make all of these decisions so that you're not stuck staring at that blank screen for a while going, I have no idea what I'm going to be putting into this page. Brilliant. I mean, that takes your ops work and your copy and combines the two and organizes someone's brain so well. Everyone grab this. Uh, Kristen, what's the link for them to go and get it? So it's kristenwestcott.com forward slash genie. Great. And we're going to put the link in the show notes so everyone has that. And again, that is like, I'm going over and I'm going to grab my copy because I can, I have to tell you, sometimes I'm thinking, I need this just even like, I just, I need to be more organized and I'm not as organized. So this is an awesome one. And yeah, this is fantastic. Is there anything you want our audience, our listeners to hear uh, that we haven't talked about today as far as conscious copy? One more thought bomb that you'd like to drop today before we wrap up today? I think the biggest thing to remember is that you don't have to do things the way everybody else is doing them online. And sometimes we fall into that mindset of we have to do it this way because this is what converts. This is what the studies or the research shows converts. And what we know is things are always shifting, always changing. And just because that one thing converts doesn't mean something else won't. And so just like in every aspect of your business, you have to do what feels right for you, or you're just not going to have the energetic match to be able to attract the right people to have the impact you want to have. And your copy falls right in that as well. So if you're feeling out of alignment, things are not, you know, being put together in a way that makes you feel good about your offer, that there is an alternative way to do that. And don't feel like you have to follow the status quo. Feel free to break free from that mold um, and do what feels really good to you. I love this. Thank you. And if you're not sure how to do that and you can't find the words yourself and you're not sure how to do all of this on your own, Kristen Westcott is the person to contact. So you're going to have all of her contact information. You'll find her on Instagram. That seems to be one of your preferred places to hang out these days on social. Is that right? It is. Um, yep. You can connect there and we'll have all the links and everything here. Kristen, it was so good to have some time with you. I love when we get to, to connect and, and, and spend time anyway, but to have you on the show is just awesome and fun. So thank you for being here today. Thank you so much for having me, Jeannie. You're welcome. Thank you everyone for listening. Uh, again, if you are looking to grow your coaching or service-based business and you're ready to scale it out of the one-to-one -one work and into one-to-many, I'd love to connect with you. Head on over to geniespyro.com and we'll, I'd love to learn more about your business so I could help you scale. Thanks again for listening, everyone. We'll see you for the next episode. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.